Welcome to the Sing Better Fast podcast, the podcast exclusively for serious and passionate vocalists. You are now part of a professional group of smart and motivated singers who want to become masters of the voice and inspire millions with our music. Get all of our podcast episodes, notifications for upcoming events, new podcast releases, and other vocal resources at singbetterfast.com. Now here are your hosts, Jamie Vendera and Ben Valen. There we go. <laughs> That's going in. <laughs> That's going in the recording again. Don't, I don't put know, the chicken did you listen to the earlier one. Did you listen to the earlier one where I told you that? It's actually in there. It's in the beginning. <laughs> now you put this in. I sound like I sound like Vita's, and then I go. <laughs> <laughs> I sound like this lady I knew I was real close to, and then uh, then my chicken left. <laughs> yeah, everybody will, nobody will listen to this podcast anymore. So leave it. Yeah, they're gonna listen to the first forty <laughs> seconds. Be like, you know what? I'm just done. I'm I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> One star. All right. So let me get this rolling because I know you're gonna leave this in there. <laughs> I am definitely. I am definitely leaving this in. <laughs> Welcome to the Sing Better Fast podcast. I'm your co-host, Jamie Vendera, and this is my partner, Ben Valen. And uh, Ben, what are we going to talk about today besides chicken laughs? So we're... <laughs> Big topic, is there a miracle exercise? So before we answer that question, a lot of singers want just the one exercise. If there's just one exercise I could do and get really good at, is that going to get me where I want to go? And... That's the question we're going to answer today. So, Jamie, what do you have? Well, um, yes and no. I mean, I've done so many vocal exercises for, you know, several decades that I have found ones that I like better for myself. Um, but, you know, such as sirens, you know, that's kind of how I got into vocal coaching. And uh, I'll tell a story and I'm, I'm even going to mention the name so he gets a little notoriety. I got a student named Mike Julian. And he's singing in the band Falset with uh, Chance LaBreeze uh, band. It's Falset, and Chance is uh, James LaBreeze, son from Dream Theater. And um, really good student. His voice is really improving. He's knocking it out of the ballpark. So yesterday in the lesson, I said, hey, well, tell me, don't, don't tell me what I want to hear. Tell me what you're doing every day. Like, I'm a student, and I want to know what to do every day. And he says, well, I warm up. Uh, and then I do a lot of the pocket vokes uh, exercises because he's got a pocket vokes. And I do a lot of lip bubbles at work. And I do a lot of those, yay, those exercises. I said, you mean transcending tone? Yep. I said, hmm, okay. Well, let's back up for a minute. Are you doing vocal stress release? Oh, yeah, I, I do some of those stretches with my neck. I said, no, 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 no. Are you doing all of vocal stress release? Well, there we go. Uh, for me, it's not one exercise. It's it's the cooperation of all of them together. So for me, like I get up early in the morning, I go do cardio, I hit the gym, but I do my ultimate vocal warm up uh, as I'm driving. Now, granted, I'd rather have a singer do the vocal stress release, which is the stretches and massages from Raise Your Voice and from Vendera Vocal Academy while they're singing along with the warm up, and then go into the three main isolation exercises for my book, which is falsetto slide transcending tone and sirens they must be done in that order and together see i'm excited i hit my microphone <clears throat> so when michael said yeah i'm kind of doing this and that i said no 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 no. you're not following what we've discussed not that i'm scalding the guy i just want him to get it right so for me if i don't do the warm-up with vocal stress release and then all three which i do in the v24 method so i do 24 minutes of exercises i don't feel 
like my voice has gotten to that place that it needs to be. With that said, when I discovered Mesa de Voce, which is, is um, going from falsetto to full voice, or we call it transcending tone in the book, that felt like a miracle exercise to me. It just, it was so hard, and it's still so hard today, even though it's so simple. But when you do a couple dozen of those, your voice just feels like it's on fire. I mean, it almost feels like I got this huge sound, but it feels like a tiny little energetic entity uh, resting up in my soft palate. Like it's just this, I don't even know how, like it's this explosive atom of sound ready to go. And I've got control of it and the tone improves and everything. So that would be my one right now would be my one miracle exercise. However, if that's all I did all day, I don't think I'd be where I'm at today. And that's what singers are looking for. They want that one miracle because let's be honest, we're all lazy. <laughs> we yep. only want to do one exercise. So what, what is your, um, you know, what is your take on it, Ben? So for me, the exercise that I just absolutely love is full voice lip bubbles. That for me just does it. So I do, um, for my warm-ups, I do a lot of regular lip bubbles, and I normally do them, you know, in the shower, and then I do my slides and my mms and my zzz, um, pretty much everything that's in the book. Um, and for me, when I started doing full voice lip bubbles, for that just made it so much easier for me to get to the full voice, you know, part of my upper uh, register. And going straight for the sirens, like, eh, those are a bit tough. Sirens and transcending tones can be difficult, and so... Uh, for me, what helped me, and I think you mentioned you cover this uh, in the Vendera Vocal Academy. I don't even remember which week it's in, but full voice um, lip bubbles, and uh, and still making sure that you don't use too much air. Make sure it's bubbly, like the letter B, not a lot of P, like the word pepper. Um, and that for me just made getting the transition to full voice so much easier. So, but but the thing with exercises is that so think about weightlifting. You have compound exercises, which work multiple muscles of your body, right, in multiple ranges of motion. And then you have, I, I think the actual term is isolation exercises, um, where you work a single muscle group. <laughs> I think I got that. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. And, and so isolation exercise would be like a curl, a, a, a bicep curl. And a compound exercise would be something like uh, squats or deadlifts. And so squats and deadlifts work multiple uh, muscles. And so for vocal exercises, isolation exercises, you're working one aspect of your voice, usually. Um, you should always be paying attention to your uh, your breathing, your any tension in your that appears in your body, uh, your support, all of that stuff. But you're working on a specific thing. Like, okay, right now we're going to work on going from falsetto in head voice down to uh, falsetto in chest voice. We're going to work on transitioning from falsetto to full voice in the same range. We're going to work on vibrato right here. We're going to work on um, a certain vowel. And so a lot of these exercises are tailored to one specific aspect of singing. And so you kind of have to be aware of that. Now, Jamie, I know in Raise Your Voice 2, you have the ultimate um, isolation exercise, which in, in my view, that's almost like a compound um, exercise in, in weightlifting. Well, you know, it's funny <laughs> that you mentioned it. I call it exercise compounding because we're combining our warm-up with our workout. Right. And you're uh, precisely right. It really takes the best aspect of all the individual isolation exercises and puts them together so you're focused on that one pitch and you spend more time on that one pitch 
to increase it. Now, you you said the full voice lip bubbles, and it, it's ironic. No, not ironic. It's it's kind of funny that I don't really mention that in, in raise your voice. You know, I talk about when you're warming up, stay in your you, go into falsetto whenever when you're doing lip bubbles, mm, z's, gargling tone, because you're warming up. Now I know we cover it. I forget what week it is to kind of keep you there. So when you got hooked on the full voice lip bubbles, uh, and you were used to doing maybe falsetto on the top end, was it was it a struggle for you to get up there? Uh, as it was no, not really. Um, so for me, it wasn't really a difficult transition. I still start out with um, falsetto, going up into falsetto with lip bubbles, and then sort of gradually I move closer and closer to full voice lip bubbles. And so it's falsetto. And then for a bit, it kind of is sort of in the mixed sort of sound. And then later on, you know, minutes later, I get to the full voice part. And so it's really helpful to work sort of the whole range. I think lip bubbles make it a bit easier to get into full voice um, in the upper register. But once you kind of get the hang of that, you want to get back to sirens. Mm -hmm. um, sirens are, for me anyway, they're a little more difficult. They require a little more, um, a little more focus on bringing the vocal cords together and making sure I'm not using too much air, making sure I have my uh, support in place. And so the lip bubbles are sort of like a crutch, um, sort of training wheels uh, to help you get into full voice. But once you get there, go to the siren as quickly as possible. Don't hang out too long. Um, using the full voice lip bubbles because then eventually, you know, you're you're not going to grow past that. And in order to actually use full voice in songs and actually do words, you know, and then you have to do the siren as well. Well, you know, even even in songs, it's I had a student yesterday, a VVA member, uh, Tor Garrett Johansson, and at the end he was talking about, well, what should I sing? Should I, I stay in the lower register? I'm like, why? You know, I know, I know other coaches say, stay away from those high songs till you've been, spent five years learning vocal technique. No, I, I remember having a conversation with um, singer Tony Harnell, who's in TNT, an amazing vocalist. And he says to me, Jamie, how do you sing high songs? And I said, I thought about it for myself, I, I just sing them. He said, precisely. That's the answer I was looking for. Why does everyone steer you away from high songs? How are you supposed to learn to sing in this area where you're doing sirens and transcending tones if you don't apply it, if you don't get into singing? Right. Now, granted, it's not going to sound amazing right off the bat. I mean, uh, you know, you may be able to all of a sudden hit a tenor C on sirens, but then you go to sing a song like uh, Separate Ways, which goes up to a B, and you're like, wow, I just can't do that chorus. Right. Well, of course not. You've been, you've been practicing on open vowels. There's all uh, the dictions involved now. You have all these consonants that are changing the, the pattern of the flow. Uh, but just to, to back up a little bit, the, the full voice sirens, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're saying, okay, that helped you or full voice slip bubbles to kind of get in the sirens. The other thing I like to do, and I know you're a big fan of it, is the pocket folks. And if, if a singer, I don't have my piano on, but if they go, um, and I want to do this, I want to mess this up on purpose. If they go, yeah, and they crack and they can't get to the top, I'll have them use the pocket folks and, and instead go, because when you use the pocket folks, it seems to center the tone a little more. Uh, granted, it's not as loud as a siren reaching up to that note, but it gives you that sense of uh, breath balance, support. You start to feel where it should be placed in the roof of the mouth, and it will make it easier for you to extend your range if that's what you're aiming for from doing that. 
speaking of the pocketbooks, since we are talking about, you know, is there a miracle exercise? I do. I do love this. I've used it quite a bit uh, because of what I'm going through, which we'll talk about in a minute. But you had mentioned before we started this morning something you'd found out with your oh, pocketbooks. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So for those who are not familiar, the pocketbooks is a nifty little device you can put on a water bottle. And it, you also put a, a small amount of water in the water bottle. And you can fill the water bottle up as much as you want. You can just put just a little bit of water towards the bottom. You can put, you could fill the whole bottle really. And then you speak, sing, you know, whatever into the mouthpiece of the pocketbooks. And what this does is as you do it, you have to deal with the, the water. So there's back pressure that comes from the water when you're using this device. And so for me, I love this thing. And so what I did when I first got it is I put a lot of water in my water bottle. And then I practiced a lot with it. And what it did for me is I noticed I was using way less air at first um, to sing. And it was easier for me to hit uh, full voice notes in higher in the higher register. But I ended up using it a lot. And I used it almost exclusively for my vocal guts. And then after a few, I think it was about a week, I noticed that I was just feeling hoarse um, kind of a lot. And I didn't know what was what I was doing wrong. I was paying very close attention to my technique. You know, I was talking to people, I was reading. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty well versed in vocal. So I just couldn't, I didn't think there was anything I was technically doing wrong as far as vocal technique went. So I thought, well, maybe it's the pocket vokes. So what I did is uh, I emptied the pocket books and I used way, way less water. And now I don't do all of my exercises on it all the time. And so what that did was after a few, I think it was less than a week, the problem of feeling like I was hoarse and dry and using too much air, that went away. So what I was doing, I concluded later on, is I was, because of the pocket books, I was using too much air all the time not just when I was using the pocket vokes. And so that caused me to be using too much air whenever I was doing my other singing or my other exercises. And so, so all I did was I just kind of reversed it. I went back to the pocket vokes, used way less water, and uh, didn't use it for all of my exercises. Now I don't use it as much like that anymore. I use it period, you know, a few times throughout a workout session. And so the moral of the story is um, <laughs> read the instructions. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and also make sure that uh, you know that you that be aware of what you're doing and and think about what are the factors that are affecting my voice if you start feeling hoarse or dry. Well, you know, um, I believe Dr. Denizoglu talks about that because you have the rings on on the tube that goes down to the water. Now you said yours is we talked about this earlier. You said yours is like on ring number three, which means you're at a seven because it's got little number markings on there. I am at six rings uh, up, so I'm at a four, but that's where I feel the best. Now, if I put more in, same thing as with you, I felt like it was too much uh, force for me to keep the water bubbling, but at four, at that sixth ring, that's where I feel the most uh, beneficial vibration in my throat, in my larynx. So right. that's what I did when I got it. I experimented and started down at, uh, at like nine, which is the first ring, and went and nine, eight, seven, six, five. Those didn't really do anything for me. In fact, I got a big glass bottle that I like to use, and I was showing somebody yesterday, and I don't have a lot of water in it. I put it in. I was like, oh, wait a minute. It's not enough. And it was probably around the third ring, which is what you like to use. But again, mm -hmm. <clears throat> we're physically different. So right. 
you have to figure out what works for you. Um, and speaking of Dr. Dennis Zoglu, because this is, um, it's funny, he, <laughs> he emailed me the other day. I probably drive him crazy, but he is also my NT, not just the maker of pocketbooks. And uh, for those of you who don't know, I was uh, on a TV show in Tokyo, Japan, shattering glass with my voice. And it was just a, uh, a luck of fate that a piece flew into the back of my throat and pierced my pharyngeal wall. Um, I bled really bad. I went back to the hotel room. It was sore. I got sick. I felt weird. And I got a knot that grew in my throat. So there was glass in there. However, the ENTs around here couldn't really help me. Finally, I was examined by Dr. Denizoglu. And indeed, there was at one time glass in there. Uh, and what had happened, it's damaged some nerves. So I, I do have nerve damage. So I do work with him. You know, when I'm in Europe, he does uh, therapy uh, directly on me. I do a lot of the pocket vokes for that. But he had, I emailed the other day, I was frustrated because some days it's worse than others. You know, and I got my vocal cords are in great shape, but this nerve damage can cause some inflammation. So I'm like, man, is there like a miracle pill? He's, <laughs> he says, no, but here's a miracle exercise. And he had me tilt my head like way back looking at the ceiling and he said i want you to start in falsetto and, and slide down and he knows i do isolation exercises and he may not may or may not be familiar but in raise your voice too i do this movement where you move your head back and forth like you're saying yes and raise your voice when we talk about the no side to side movement to break up um neck tension so he said well don't move back and forth really quick do it slow so so move your head tilt it back and start like on a high kind of a loud falsetto and then move your head forward to your chin touches your chest and move into a low chest voice full voice so like uh let me take my headphones off like woo, all the way down and i i was like <clears throat> i like to balk and i'm like well doc it's, it's not that I'm, I'm you know i'm fine with my exercises just give me give me some herbs or something you know or some pills right. or whatever it is to make me feel better and as long as it's not steroids and um he just he, he hasn't responded yet <laughs> so, but he's busy but i thought <laughs> okay well you know me I, i'm i'm crazy about stuff and i get anal so i grab my my clicker counter and as I'm on my rebounder jumping every day, I've been doing these, ooh, sliding down. I'm up to 2,358. That's, That's what it? it? Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> so it's only been about a week. But I tell you what, uh, I do. Uh, I When I do these, when I do a couple hundred of them, uh, that knot that's, you know, slowly shrinking in the back of my throat from the therapy with him, it does feel better. So for me right now, if there were a miracle exercise, uh, which there's not. You got to do them all. <laughs> you got to do a wide variety. <laughs> but it would be that for me. It's like, okay, you know, I've slowed down. I'm not doing the yes back and forth movement really fast. I'm allowing, uh, you know, the muscles to engage or disengage as I slide from back there all the way down. And it makes my voice feel like silk. So um, I'll continue. I'll do 10,000 of those and maybe 10,000 more uh, to keep going. But um, yeah, so that works for me right now. Now, now the funny thing you did say is uh, as, as you're coming down, when your head is level, you can stick the pocket books up. So like, ooh, uh, I, I'm just not coordinated <laughs> enough. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I can't do it. I want to be on him like, can't you invent some kind of gadget that lets me tilt the water bottle back so I don't spill it all over my face and then use it in that position. <clears throat> but uh, I'm not using it for that. I'm just doing the slide on the ooh or ah or whatever it, right. it is. You know, so, we, we probably need to have him on this blog sometime. Too, oh, yeah, uh, definitely. To definitely go over it. So something you mentioned earlier was, you know, if you can get to a tenor C with 
in full voice with your sirens and then you try to go to a song and there's a B and you can't hit the B in the song, that's because now you're using a bunch of, bunch of consonants and a bunch of different vowels, you know. So like the letter, the vowel ah is really easy to sing. But when you start getting to ah, those really close the space uh, in your mouth. And so... It's, if you can hit a high note on an ah, that doesn't mean you can hit the high note on an e. Um, also, there are a lot of consonants that are they're unspoken consonants. You like so k, t, s. Those consonants interrupt your vocalization, and so those also make it more difficult um, to sing. Yeah, to higher. me, they're like energy zapping consonants. You lose right. You lose that flow. They kind of get in the way, and so uh, this. Well, the first time I heard this, um, I think you mentioned it to me, or I maybe I read it in one of your books. You mentioned that you were getting up to like a C or a D or whatever, and I think you had a lesson with Thomas Appel, and uh, and and you asked him pretty much the same question: Why can I hit this note when I'm doing the exercises, but I can't? You know, I can only get to an A when I'm actually singing songs, and this is what he told you. And I I read that or heard that I forget it was been, it's been a couple yeah, years exactly it because that's right. why I told my my buddy my first vocal my official vocal lesson was in '96 doing sirens so a guy could sing dream theater songs and when he got home tried to sing pull me under he couldn't do it and I remembered what Thomas had told me well Jamie you're just practicing you have to apply it in a song see the the first time I heard that I was like furious. Like, you mean I've been practicing this and I got all the way up to this note and I think, you know, I can hit it and now I can't even use it in a song. And so it really just, I was angry. I was seriously angry. I don't, I don't think I ever told you this before, but, no. <laughs> but unfortunately, um, I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Um, and it took me a while to accept this. So if you heard that and you're like annoyed about it, I understand where you're coming from, but that's like physiological reality. That's how it works. For better or worse, this is just how it is. And so you have to just kind of accept it. Don't let it get in your way. And you also just need to practice. That's that's kind and of the answer to that. Thing. I have that one-third to two-thirds rule. So, you know, whatever, you if you practice for, say, 20 minutes, uh, I would consider that one-third of my workout. So I need to right. sing for 40 minutes. But I do have a not a shortcut, but a a way to speed up the process. Now, that doesn't mean you can't sing. You have to sing the two-thirds, but um, we, we do something called stair-stepping. So say if you want to sing separate ways and you know, and it's like, oh, it's only a B and I got to a C, why can't I sing it? Uh, you still got to build muscle in the upper area. Just because you, you hit it once a day in your vocal workout routine doesn't mean it's really strong enough to maintain it all the time. So I do this thing called stair stepping. So you get up to the C and you're like, I can't get to the C sharp. I know that's the end of my, my voice for now. I always drop down three notes or uh, I do this a lot with students can drop more, but let's say three notes. So if you can read notes, that'd be B, A sharp, A. And I do what's called stair stepping. It's like a kid at the bottom of the stairs and say there's three stairs to get to the next landing. And he's playing a game. He goes up one stair, comes back down to the landing. He goes up one stair, two stair, back down to one stair, back down the landing. One, two, three, two, uh, one, back down. So for me, because I know this would be kind of confusing, but <laughs> you reach that C. You're like, okay, let me keep practicing this siren exercise with stair stepping. I would drop back down to the A. I would do a siren there. Then go up to the A sharp back to the A, back to the A sharp, up to the B, back to the A sharp, back down to the A, 
back up to the A sharp, back up to the B, back up to the C. Then right. if you want to, you can test the C sharp. But what it does, it puts you in that upper area where you're spending more time on muscular development on those, right. you know, three or four highest notes to give you strength. Uh, it's like like working out and you know and you're like okay let me do one more set you know let me try to push out you know through uh, five more pounds on or take 10 pounds off and see if i can get eight reps instead of 10. Right. so you're spending some time there to get more muscle workout yeah you're solidifying the bit of the range that's hardest for you and so in in weight training there's a concept called the one rep maximum you know if you can get on a bench and you can do a single rep of a really high weight that means you can do one right that yes. doesn't mean you can do eight thousand of them um without a lot of rest in between and so for a lot of singers it's sort of similar to your highest note um the highest note is sort of your one rep max and so that's cool i never thought of it like that <laughs> yeah and so uh, and so so what you do is in weight training if you adhere to this sort of methodology you take your one rep max and then you multiply it by some number 0.8 0.6 the amount of weight so if you can do 200 pounds you'll do something at you know 160 140 whatever and then then you do a set number of reps at that per lower percentage of your highest amount that you can do and so that allows you to strengthen and then as a result of doing that that allows you to do more of your highest weight and then eventually that pushes you up to a higher one rep maximum and so you repeat that process and so what you're describing here sounds very very similar to that and it's un unfortunately it can be a little time consuming but the great part about singing and the great part about doing this is that you're always improving and you always you know show yourself that you can do more and so it's sort of like a challenge it's sort of like you know, proving to yourself that you are capable of doing this, which is just so much fun for me. No, absolutely. Well, I think uh, that about covers it. Um, let's oh, see yeah. anything to add. No, uh, we can go on forever. So let's just go ahead and call this one, and we'll do another episode very soon. So to answer this question, is there a miracle vocal exercise? Well, really, there's a bunch of them. <laughs> You know, <laughs> They're all just, miracles. <laughs> don't don't just pick one. You know, especially if you're using Raise Your Voice and Bandera Vocal Academy or V24. Uh, right. Don't not listen to us and say, mm, I love sirens. So I'm doing tons of those. Oh, I'm, now I'm not really doing falsetto slides because they're too easy. They all work together to reach the ultimate goal. So exactly. use them together and they will all become your miracle and you will reach your goal. So with that said, we'll see you in the next Sing Better Fast podcast. Take care, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Sing Better Fast podcast. Be sure to subscribe for new podcast releases, events, and other great vocal resources at singbetterfast.com.